Hello, friends. This is Taver Lee, and you are listening to Grit and Grace. We are here for soul-level conversations that will take us across the veil in mystical and magical ways. I invite you to leave what you know at the door, open your heart, and receive. If you want to find out more information, make sure you go to moontempleschool.com. And now let's get started. Thank you for joining me for another episode of this amazing, mystical, magical ride that we continue to explore on Grit and Grace. I'm glad you're with us, and you are going to be glad that you are here because I have two amazing humans with me that are going to literally rock your world today with all kinds of information. And it is Gigi and Ephraim, and they are coming back to the show. They've been on this show before. And this is such always an exciting time for me to have a dear brother, sister, friends in, you know, in this space with me. And Gigi and Ephraim are about experience. They're an embodied knowing and connection with the ecstasy and magic of your entire existence. Working with them truly presents you with a spectrum of possibility that guides you into your deepest wisdom. If you've ever wanted to really learn about love, the kind that holds you, accepts you in your darkest corners and helps you embody it in yourself, then these are the humans to explore it with. They have collectively been studying and teaching in the world of archetypes for a combined more than 25 years. And Ephraim trained with Carolyn Mace in the original class more than 20 years ago. And this is what we're here to talk about today is what is an archetype? Why do we need to know our <laughs> archetypes? And oh my gosh, all the things archetypal today. So Gigi, Ephraim, thank you for joining me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Truly an honor. I I love being in space with you, um, not, not just physical space, which we're not, <laughs> and we often are. This time we're not. Um, interesting, when we're together, we don't record podcasts. When we're together, we hug, we cuddle, we talk about love, we talk about archetypes, <laughs> yeah. and, and then we go apart to record. Um, but just even being in the energetic field with you makes my heart so happy. Likewise, deep, 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 mm. deep bow. Yes. Isn't it amazing how real the energetic field is? How like, yes, mm. you're miles and miles and hundreds and thousands of miles away. And yet, I feel you so mm. much. Yeah, it is amazing. It's amazing how, how we are not limited to time and space. We are not limited to time and space ever. Thank goodness. I know. Yeah, thank goodness. So so right. Because I, <laughs> I like the version of me that likes to play in the mountains, even while I'm playing on the ocean. It's the same, same, same. Like I can be in all those places. Yeah. That is a different rabbit hole today than what we're going <laughs> to go to. I'm like, wait. It's a good one to bookmark. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we just, we literally did just create a whole new podcast right there because people are like, what is she talking about? What is that? Oh, yeah. We'll be back on for that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And let's talk about pronouns. So what pronouns do you prefer to go by? So my pronouns are they, them, or she, her, a genderqueer woman, and you can use either with me interchangeably. 
Uh, and you. I'm all gender fluid, so you can use any pronoun with me. And you can use them in the same sentence. Just mix it all up. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what this is what you're here for too. For those listening to catch this 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 magic and the fluidity of deep conversations about important topics. And let's start with the archetypes. Mm. I think that I have a question for you first, Ephraim. What was within you that desired to study with Carolyn Mace more than 20 years ago? And the fact that you were her original class live is very unique and rare because you can, you know, people can get information from Carolyn Mace now, but not live, definitely not. So what what led you to that to begin Mm. with? (laughs) You know, I have always loved playing in archetypes. It's like, just the word was immediate fascination. I'm leaning and going, what is that over there? And I think the way that I read and played and grew up, I was just steeped in these, I'm going to use the word mythological, mythological stories that are the patterns for how we've lived. Fairy tales and fantasy books and science fiction and everything. It's also full And so when the chance to study with someone about archetypes arose, I was an immediate yes. And it was in a moment of huge hmm, transformation and expansion. So I'd been studying with Carolyn Mace a little bit through her recordings about uh, the chakra system before that. Mm -hmm. And... I already trusted her. She's funny. She is precise and uh, had just given me so much. And so it was a no brainer. It's like, I'm yes, I will take, I will borrow money for this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I did. Yeah. (laughs) And, and Gigi, how about you? Like when, when did the interest in diving deeper into archetypes come into your field? Mm -hmm. I had heard about archetypes a lot, but I didn't actually understand them or know what they were. And so it kind of was swirling around me for several years. And then I joined a mystery school and it was one of the core teachings of that mystery school. And so that was really my, um, my first education. And in that experience, true manifestation and transformation uh, came came into my world, like blew me away as I started to work with them and get to know them. And then um, really I've been menteeing with Ephraim for years. So six, mm-hmm. seven years um, under the wing of an expert has been beautiful. And I feel like I'm way, way surpassing this expert. <laughs> That's a joke for those of you listening. I love yes. it. I love it. I knew that was yeah. coming. I could feel that. I'm like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so let's unwind this just a small amount. And what is an archetype? It's one of those things that can be really difficult to describe and really easy. And the easy part is an archetype is like a universal story. 
that we're all living, a universal character in this case. So if you think about, say, the archetype of mother, immediately an image comes to mind of mother. It might be a dark mother, a bad mother, a great mother, someone who holds people, someone who is mean to their kids. All of those things come in when it comes to mother. And we all have an idea of what that is. And many of us had one and grew up with one or wanted one in a different kind of way. That piece of understanding and knowing about mother is an aspect of the archetype of mother. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I want to add that it's it's different than the role of a mother because it literally is the the energy of the story or the capacity of a, what what a mother is. Um, so it's fuller. It's like a full spectrum. Sometimes I, I think about like a library full of books and the book on mother would have all the mothers there, all the mother stories, all the things that a mother, um, that encompasses mother. That is like the archetype. It's this full spectrum container of all the stories and patterns of mother. And a lot of what I feel like you're referring to is the energy behind mother, not necessarily have given birth to or has a biological relation to. Um, And I'll use you as an example, Gigi, because, you know, you are a beautiful temple mother because of the way that you care and hold deeply um, other humans. And that to me is just an example that came right up here and you speak about it. I'm like, yes, I mean, you have many ways in which you mother. That is a really powerful mm-hmm. one. And one of my core archetypes is the warrior mother. And so mm. you may recognize also the fierceness or the mama mm-hmm. bearness that I also mm-hmm. hold as a, a, a part of really fighting for humans. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. So, so keep going. Yeah. How about another example? Mm. Yeah. Well, how about lover, or mm. or or witch, or but, witch, <laughs> <laughs> or considering I have a crown on and pearls. I mean, feel free, or queen, queen, empress, queen, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, goddess mm-hmm. and god. Like I love the really interesting ones like God, because every archetype is laden with um, all the stories around it. God has all kinds of negativity around it and all kinds of positivity around it. And every archetype holds that. And God is one that really accentuates it. And something to remember is archetypes are actually neutral but have access to the full spectrum, the darkest of the dark, the lightest of the light. And that really truly is um, 
the beauty of diving into archetypal work because you get to see and experience and resonate the full the fullness of the story, the patterning, the energy. And why? Why would someone do that? Hmm. Like, what is the benefit to? Because, well, I we, we, I feel like because I've had my I, I know I know enough to know what I know, and I also know enough to know that what we didn't say is that people have humans have specific archetypes. And correct me if I if I say this wrong. Right, I am definitely not the expert. Have archetypes that they are living out in their lifetime that they are born associated with. Not that they don't change and flex as time goes on, but we have archetypes that play out in our life. So I'll tell you the story of Carolyn Mace and her discovery of archetypes in her system. So she is an incredible medical intuitive. You give her a name and a date and she can tell you all about what's going on with you. And she was working with someone named Norm Sheely. And um, he would call her up and give her the name and the date of, some, of birth date of someone in his office. And she would read them. One day that happened. And she's like, why is there a pirate in your office? What is happening right now? And that was the beginning, as I understand it, of when the archetype started to come into her readings. So she is someone who works with the, the chakra system and archetypes appear in the eighth chakra. So these, what she started to do as she researched and looked into it more is she started to realize that everyone comes in to this life with a set of 12 core archetypes that they figured out before they even got here. And it's like, oh, I'm wondering you know, they line up the purpose and the lessons you want to learn and the victories you want to have and the experiences in this particular lifetime. And she calls it a sacred contract. And she calls it a sacred contract. We figured it out before we got here. We set it up with all of our friends and then it all unfolds throughout our life. And of course, we forgot the whole thing because it'd be much more interesting if we didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> um. So finding those core archetypes allows you to understand, oh, these are the stories that I'm living. And there's so much recognition as they land, like, oh, I've been doing that my whole life and I didn't even know what that was called. But now that I'm familiar with the story, look how I can live more fully the story that I'm already in. And so each of the archetypes holds this story, this purpose, this challenge, this brilliance. Um, and we have 12 of them. I mean, 12 stories in a whole lifetime, 12 infinite stories. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And to, to go back to like, why would it be important to see the fullness or the wholeness or the full spectrum, the lowest of lows and highest of highs really is, is recognition and resonance. Like, wow, that, that thing that happened to me in my life was really hard. When you can see it through the lens of an archetype or the archetypal story or energy that you're living, there's a lot more what we have found in our work. There can be a lot more understanding, uh, resonance, acceptance, um, compassion, 
for the truly epic story of your own personal life. So it's really a way to fully be seen and then to come into a deeper understanding of who you are and also like why so many people want to know, why did that happen? <laughs> why, why, why is this mm-hmm. happening to me? Mm-hmm. And so um, that can be truly beautiful coming home, being seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you, what is the process of determining someone's core archetypes? And, and I have mine. I know we've, we've done it together, but I would like you to describe it. Like, what is that process like? I love it to be deeply interactive so that there's like a, um, so there's a resonance inside of you and knowing that this is, ah, this is my archetype. And so when I'm working one-on-one with people, what I try to encourage is this space of um, we're in this together. And so Carolyn Mace has this lovely deck of archetype cards. And I'll have people get that deck and move through and start to feel what's resonating for them. And then we get on, we... We play the devil's ad. I play the devil's advocate with them. And like, oh, here is what's, here are the energy patterns that I'm seeing. Let's talk about these archetypes that you've chosen. And and then we find a mutual resonance. Oh my gosh, look how this has landed. I recognize this as me. The thing that's really different about this this way is that someone is not telling you you are this archetype. And that's that to me is mm-hmm. such a beautiful and interesting key. There's tools there's tools to start to look, but then you hone in and hone in and hone in and hone in to get really clear that you see yourself in these archetypal stories and patterns. And so working with guides, it's helpful to have lots of questions, lots of lenses, lots of let's take a look at this way. So it can be a very deeply moving experience. Um, it can be a very deeply emotional experience because we're looking at the, the story pattern for the whole of your life. And so sometimes things in our childhood or our teens or, you know, any point of our life, we look at the wholeness because we're looking for a full spectrum. Mm -hmm. And um, so it can be a deeply healing process as well as we dive into, really, what is your story? What are the patterns in your life? So you can fully see yourself as we hone in to find the perfect archetypes that you chose in your sacred contract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah, that's a great explanation. And I think about when you're talking about the spectrum that lives within a single archetype, is it in the course of our life, do we typically go from one spectrum to the other? Or, I mean, is that part of it? Because there are definitely 
you know, ways in which we evolve, right, as humans. So in our own evolution throughout our entire life, knowing that we still have these 12 core archetypes, how how does that shift? How does that change as we evolve? Hmm. I think that maybe as we begin in our archetype, we're in this smaller space of, oh, what is it like to be in this story? And that story can expand in every directions. And there can be a darker piece. I'm going to kind of go polaristic a little bit, a darker piece and a lighter piece, a more um, enlightening piece. And as we are exploring ourselves, we move to places that feel more positive and brilliant and we find darker pieces of ourselves. And I think it expands in a sphere. So we come to this understanding of our brilliance and we see our shadows over there and get to explore those more too, which creates to even more, which leads to even more brilliance. So in the evolution of an archetype, you get a deep understanding of your shadow and you get direction on how to move into your ultimate brilliance mm-hmm. of into your fullest potential mm-hmm. and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the archetypal embodiment work that we do, that is the work that we, that is really, I think the evolution of the work is fully embodying which is the recognition of like, oh, that's me. Yes. So you get to see on one level different parts of you that you might have blocked off or um, didn't didn't recognize in the moment. But these 12 stories don't preclude you from also seeing another archetype that might be, you know, might be here. We have access to the, all the infinite numbers of archetypes around, right? So totally you might be working with the queen one year to just discover what is the queen if you don't have the queen in your core 12. It doesn't mean that you can't still work with other archetypes or recognize archetypes or even dive in and explore those archetypes. But generally your 12 core are the stories that you signed up in your sacred contract. Can you give us another example? Can you walk us through another archetype that might have that shadow and then the expansive and the moving towards the wholeness of that archetype? Can you give us another example? Yeah, I'd love to talk about one of the survivals, which is the prostitute. Okay, sure. Yeah. So quick prelude before that. Everyone has four archetypes that we share. So in the process of finding your archetypes, you have these four, and then you're finding eight more to make it 12. And those four, Carolyn Mace calls the survival archetypes. They're with us from the beginning. They're powerful, they're strong, and they're there to keep us safe. And they have names that are scary, or can be. And they are (laughs) the victim, the saboteur, the prostitute, and the child, some flavor of the child. And so one of Gigi's favorites is the prostitute. So we'll talk about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the survival so much because I know that they were, as Ephraim said, like I see them as my littles when I was little. They were the ones that kept me safe. And um, so the prostitute for me is it's the one that will do anything, right? The question is for the prostitute, what will I sell myself 
my soul for and for so, security. For security. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me in my own personal, I would do anything to be loved in my own personal story, to be loved, to be accepted. And so if you think about um, a prostitute, like selling her, her body, right? Because they need to. Um, that's kind of the the energy that's there. And then you come into a more neutral prostitute of like, so they have to in the lower, denser energies. Um, a more neutral prostitute is I'm choosing to do this. I may not like it, but I'm going to choose to. And then in the higher energies of the prostitute, they realize that they don't necessarily need to sell anything for security. They're whole. They get to give themselves wholly away and be fully themselves. And so the evolution of feeling like you have to give something to get to where you're choosing to where you just get to be you, you don't have to sacrifice anything. That to me is is um, like a journey of mm-hmm. from higher to lower energies and recognizing the parts of you. So for me, I recognize the parts of me that contorted to fit in. Or I didn't want to be me, but I wanted to be into the the club or the system or with the friends. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I can see that this plays out in many people's lives in so many ways from, you know, jobs, careers, relationships, friendships, family. Like, how do we consort our, contort ourselves in order to feel safe and secure? Um, and I like how you worded that evolution of the next step really is just... Well, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to do this, but I may not like it. But it's bringing starting to bring awareness to where you're contorting, um, and to move up from there to see yourself as whole and not and contorting is not needed. Yeah. in order to feel and safe and being really sweet about we're not doing anything wrong in the spaces where we did mm-hmm. contort, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of compassion and sweetness, and like, oh wow, look at my prostitute, my prostitute is finding safety in trying to fit in and feeling loved. Like there's, there's also sweetness there. There's no hierarchy in, from my perspective, there's no hierarchy of denser, darker shadow to brilliant light, even though we said evolution, it's really the awareness of how are we showing up in this Mm -hmm. energy. And once you see, oh my gosh, I'm in my prostitute archetype. Like I, I'm going to go do this thing and I'm, I'm all crunchy and I don't really feel like me. It's more of a like, why, what's happening here? Right? Like you get to start to see them through the lenses of, ah, my prostitute is, I always say driving the bus right now. What other archetype mm-hmm. might come in here to be a little bit more empowering or, or grounding to get me to maybe a higher version of the, prostitute mm-hmm. right so it's a mm-hmm. it's like a symphony or it's a it's a beautiful mm, a symphony where there's lots of instruments and it's all like goes together orchestra orchestra 
orchestra. I'm, I'm watching, and I mean, people can't right. see you, but I'm watching her. She's she's conducting right. at this moment. Right. <laughs> so I knew she was yeah. saying orchestra. Yeah, yeah, because um, we're in all of. When I see full spectrum, we're in all the wholeness of every archetype, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so yeah. So that's a really beautiful example because most of us can relate to the ways in which we have, where the prostitute has appeared in our life for sure, or or still is, or is continually. Um, how about another example that's not one of the survival archetypes? You have a request. Mm, well, Gigi mentioned the witch. Let's talk about the witch Great. archetype, of course. <laughs> so with archetypes, um, we can draw on all the stereotypes because that's a piece of the archetype. So like we could go to a darker version of the witch that's Hansel and Gretelish that, you know, lures you into the woods with evil spells, throws kids into ovens and um, eats them later. That is of course a metaphor for a level of darkness that involves destroying children for our own ends. So there could be a witch that does that on the dark side or a witch that goes around um, casting spells and curses and thinks, oh my goodness, I want all the wealth or I want revenge or all of that. We see that in movies and, and depictions of witches all the time. We can go even to the Wizard of Oz, where we have a beautiful example of polarity. Mm. The Wicked Witch of the West with her flying monkeys who's, you know, Mm. oh my goodness, I'm going to destroy Dorothy because she's horrible and I want those slippers. To Glinda the Good Witch on the other side, who is, just wants to help Dorothy go home and find herself and be happy again. And by the way, let me show you how to use those slippers. And so in the brilliance of the witch archetype, it's this connection with nature and love and the cosmos and all of the things that are beautiful in the world and helping those and helping the entire world to move in a flow that allows everyone to be fully themselves. And I'd love for you to like... Like, so there's those extreme versions. What would you say, Mm -hmm. Taverly, if you were going from like a dense, dark shadow witch to a light witch? Mm. And before you say something, can I add something? Yeah. Yeah. Having access, energetic access to these stories doesn't mean that you play them out or on one level... I guess I want to say believe in them, but you, it's, it's such an inner, there's an energetic resonance of like, not all witches will resonate this. So this might be a little disruptive, but like, I actually can understand throwing children in an oven, right? Like a true witch archetype might, Mm -hmm. they may never do, they're never going to do that. They're not going to do that, but there's something deep inside that like, well, I get that. And so there's something around the resonance of the energy that's really powerful and potent to recognize, even in a space of, I would never do that, but I understand it or I can see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's understanding that there's power, 
right? To me, the evolution of, of a, a witch is, is understanding that you have access, everybody does, to this power. And, and, and sovereignty means choosing, right? Choosing for yourself. And I think of, um, I know a lot of witches who hex and curse. And I know, I know their reason behind it. And I, I actually can see why they do it. It doesn't mean I do it, but I can understand the desire to protect vulnerable populations through their practice. Uh, to me, it's no different than the type of prayers that are often done when people are sick or being abused or experiencing trauma. And so I, I feel the evolution of, of the witch is part of understanding power. The second part of it is knowing that there is a lot of stereotypes around a word, right? Around this archetype. It like really reclaiming and evolving as a witch is understanding that those archetypes are, um, the stories that are out there are very, very prevalent and still choosing to be your full self regardless of the presence of those stereotypes. I think that that is a big part of the evolution of a witch, not just the witch awakening, right? And keeping your altar and your, your work in a box in the corner, you know, because your family might think that you're <laughs> working with chicken bones. <laughs> um, but the evolution is, is the wholeness of the sacredness of all of it everyone's path and understanding the witch is the sacredness of it. And so those are three ways in which I see humans in their archetypal witch evolving. Mm. I see it all the time, yeah. right? This deep understanding of power, the decision on how to use it, the owning it, and then you know, facing judgment in a lot of ways, and then releasing the need for having judgment even impact them at all, that owning their sovereignty in that process is super important. Yeah. And one of the great things about the witch archetype is that infused in it somewhere is going to be some magic mm -hmm. and some ritual. And also because witches are so, have been so shunned, burned, hunted in society, there is going to be that peace in a witch archetype that always has that at least fear of, of I'm afraid to do my mm -hmm. magic because I might be persecuted. Or I'm afraid to be whole because I might be persecuted, which takes it beyond which a little bit. I was just going to say that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the witch just has a special piece that involves magic and connection and enchantment and all of that as part of it. Every This whole process of finding your archetypes is really about finding that wholeness. And as a witch, you get to find wholeness as a witch. Like, oh, I get to be me and I get to be magical and I get to embrace my ritual and my beliefs. As an engineer, as an archetype, for example, like might be such a contrast to a witch, but as an engineer, I get to embrace my genius, my mechanicalness, my um, intuitiveness as I build structures using science and technology mm -hmm. and so each of them have this version of wholeness and we get to find that wholeness by finding our archetypes and move towards it in all of the stories that we're living i want to i appreciate that so much and, and let's I, and thank you for bringing like letting us explore the witch of course you bring up which and then engineer. I have engineers. One of my, he's, you're, you're, you're nodding. Yes, you know that. Um, 
This feels a little bit to me like it's similar to different types of personality assessments or assessments about humans, right? Your Enneagrams, your all the things. And I'm bringing this up specifically because I want to, I wanted to discuss like the distinction between them and, and that's point number one. And I have to speak this before I forget. Point number two is it's almost like there are also archetypes within the archetypes, <laughs> right? So within, within the witch, right? For me, I, I wanted to go down the avenue of the witch as the healer, the witch as the warrior, the witch as the lover, right? So I, I see all the way that it's intertwined, but let's come back to that because that feels like another thread. Mm-hmm. Let's start with how how are archetypes different to or what people may know as different types of personality tests? Mm-hmm. I actually consider like the answers of the personality test to be their own individual archetypes too. hundred percent. So like INFJ is an archetype. If you're familiar with that system or you're familiar with the Enneagram and like, I'm a five. And so everyone's going to think, Oh, five. And these are the characteristics that I know about five or astrological. I'm a Gemini. Oh, these are the things that I believe Mm. that I know about Gemini's. Um, the erotic blueprints. I am kinky. Mm-hmm. Everything or whatever that is. I'm an energetic. Everyone, all mm-hmm. I have particular character archetypal characteristics of being an energetic. Just like a witch, is probably always going to avoid. Is always going to involve magic. Mm-hmm. Is that and and yeah. always is a big word. Yeah. Right. So one thing that I see different in the systems is that those systems you take a test and they tell you who you are. And then, well, like we mm. live in that box on one level, you know, someone tells you mm-hmm. you're this and you believe it or you're like, yeah, this to me feels similar but different because you're actually looking at all of the data yourself and you're getting to really, um, you know, if you work, if you work with a guide, you're really honing in and honing in and honing in and honing in. So even like you were talking about witch, there's so many different kinds. There's druid, there's high priestess, mm-hmm. there's different flavors, mm-hmm. a shaman, a mystic. A, mm-hmm. There's these little nuances that if you give yourself permission and time to find the perfect resonance, which is a big word, perfect resonance, that's that's the beauty of this system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, and thank you. And I wanted to ask that because I think that that's, a common under people have a common understanding of how the personality assessments work, and so I love that you're saying that each um, personality assessment is like one archetype in its answer. Whereas what you're talking about is twelve of them. So I'm not just an eight. I'm maybe an eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven <laughs> in different ways. Um, I I really like that. I think that that's an important distinction. And I'm also thinking. I remember. I'm remembering Becky from when you and I were talking through my core archetypes. And I remember that there was more than 12 that I felt really attached to, (laughs) that I felt really strongly attached to. And you both know because I have brought some of them into my wheel in in different ways. Um, But when we completed the process and we charted in each house my natal archetypes, I definitely felt a shift in my body. I felt more comfortable in who I am because it made sense to me. It's like everything that 
it's almost just like it's sunk in. It's, it is like the combination of, okay, I'm Sagittarius, I'm an eight, I'm a this, I'm a that. All of it in one spot that used words that were so much more descriptive to how it feels to be me. Mm. And, and so I, I'm mentioning that specifically because there is a powerful feeling that happens in your body as somebody who's done the process. There's a powerful feeling that happens in your body when you have the ability to see yourself. And so when Gigi, when you said be seen from me to me, yes. not from you to me, from, from me to yeah. me, to clarify, yeah. this isn't about how others see you. This is you seeing you. It's true. And I mean, I think on a high level, there's a deep longing for humans to feel seen. And the only recognition that I think will give you that feeling, Taverly, is you fully seeing you. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and and for a lot of people, that's scary. That's that is that is. It is. <laughs> like, it's true. I'd rather you see me all day long than me see it's, myself. I mean, yeah. I. It's. I taught a class last night in the witching hour, and when I brought up doing uh, mirror magic under the element of air, uh, there was a visceral response to a lot of people in the class. Uh, seeing ourselves is not easy. Yeah, and and that deep longing, the paradox. I. I think that mm, we're paradox, afraid. Yeah. So archetypally, I think we're afraid that we're going to look at ourselves and we're going to see shadow. Mm. And that's the beauty of the archetypes. Because yes, there is mm. shadow there. We have to recognize that. Oh my gosh, I am a terrifying person sometimes. Or I am a very, I'm full of shame sometimes. All that is there. And the archetypes get to say, and guess what? Look at the brilliance here also. We're mm-hmm. so afraid to see the shadow that we miss the brilliance. And the archetypes mm-hmm. are one of those ways that are like, oh, I've had clients that come to me and they come with their archetypes because we do a little homework ahead of time and they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm all these things. And they feel horrible because they've chosen archetypes that all they are is their shadow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Of course, you have some shadow. And now we get to look at your brilliance and see how they combine to make up your story, mm-hmm. all of your stories. Yeah, m- so many humans cut off the shadow. And that is how we become whole, is mm-hmm. to, to sure. embrace all of us. And your experience is what we are so lucky to see over and over and over when someone fully recognizes who they are. It is truly magical. Mm -hmm. It really is. So let's tell our listeners what we have coming because this is, there is a reason why we are going deep into this topic and it's because it's important. First of all, it's important. Um, in Moon Temple Mystery School, this work has, you know, been primarily through Gigi and Ephraim, which it will remain. But we're actually going to be bringing these classes into Mystery School, and we don't know the exact dates today, but we are going to put together. Uh, actually, by the time this comes out, they might be there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to invite you to go to MoonTempleSchool.com and check it out. Look for the archetypes tab, and. In this three-part series, it's going to be an introduction to dive deeper into some of these examples. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that correct? 
I'm just there for the ride. Mm-hmm. You guys are driving the ship. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm just like, gonna, I'm going to like sit back and soak it all in. But that is our intention, right? Is to provide examples for individuals to experience mm. in, in a three-part series. Yeah. So it's going to be three classes that help you find your archetypes on your own. So by the end, if you want to dive into this, you will find, choose, embrace your archetypes. And one of the best parts of the process is once we find them, we do a reading on an archetypal wheel, which is the astrological wheel. So we'll we'll literally cast your natal chart. So you will walk away with the class. Your chart of origin. Your 12... Chart of origin. And so in the class, I'll guide you to find your archetypes and then show you how to cast your chart. And I like... I love mm -hmm. it. Yeah, like you get to... I like to often say you have the counsel of your soul now or... Mm -hmm. um, your 12 guardians uh-huh, or your, your spirit mm-hmm. guides. Your, There's so many ways that they relate mm-hmm. to you and your, seeing yourself in them just is like, ah, oh, wow. Your personal you called it, DJ, you've, okay, say that again. I was just going to say, you've yes. said that. Say it again. Yeah, your you're personal very major personal, arcana. Your very personal major arcana. Yeah. It's such mm-hmm. a beautiful tool to help guide you the rest of your life that this will this will be a guide that you will be able to use and utilize the rest of your life Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It is powerful work. And I'm super grateful that you were both willing to spend some time with me today to talk about this and to bring this powerful, powerful teaching into Moon Temple Mystery School. I'm really excited. You know, I'm going to be there with my pencil and my <laughs> journal and uh, soaking it all in. Maybe I'll be in a crown that day. Maybe I won't. <laughs> today, I will remain in a crown. Um but thank you both. I appreciate you greatly. Mm, thank you. It's I'm so excited to be teaching this class with with Moon Temple Mystery yeah. School. And we mm, always love playing with you. Yeah. I know. Thank you. Too. It's so fun. <laughs> I mean, we could do this all day long and maybe That's, we will. You never know. Maybe we will. <laughs> all right. For everyone listening, please go check out moontempleschool.com. Follow the link for the archetypes class. And if you're looking to contact me with any questions about this episode or any classes in Moon Temple School, you can find me on all the places. You can just look up Taverly, which is literally all the links are below in the show notes. So I'm not going to spell it for you. But thank you for listening and we will be back. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there. 